Welcome to the Opportunity Knocks podcast by Empower Purpose, hosted by me, Michelle Valenzuela-Wolf. Every week, we feature different extraordinary female entrepreneurs in the business and wellness segments on just that, opportunities. These segments deep dive into how these courageous women transition into their purpose. We want to give you permission to discover, pursue, and achieve your goals. We learn and reaffirm that life is never linear. It's how we as women choose to take, make, create, and evaluate opportunities. Remember, it's all going to be okay. Thank you for your support and make sure to subscribe. Good morning, Giselle. How are you today? Good morning. I'm so good. Thank you. Happy to be here with you. How are you? I am so happy to be here with you. I know we were talking about before we got on the call that we've had so much back and forth in anticipation of meeting each other live. So we are finally on, right? And we also just found out our commonality that we both went to USC. So right on on there. (laughs) Right on. And that you were a song girl. Like how awesome is that? I only, I only ever knew yell leaders. I mean, big surprise. No, I'm just kidding. I actually didn't (laughs) know a lot of the song leaders. So it's very cool. I'm sure that that process was pretty grueling to actually become a song leader. So I have a lot of, um, a lot of respect for you. Thank you. Yeah, no, I, I feel like I, I spent most of my life growing up in that world of dance, like from from adolescent childhood teenage years in college and so I joke that I still haven't fully learned how to dress myself because when I go and speak which is a big part of my career mm-hmm. I wear jumpsuits I wear so much leisure I wear sneakers it's just easier that it's one and done isn't it I mean that's the way yes. I look at it it's funny that you say that I was just talking my daughter just quit gymnastics and uh, she has been walking around as if she's still only in a leotard because that's the majority of where her time was spent. So I get it being a dancer, how that would uh, translate. So very, very funny. But um, in our audience out there, I'm so excited to introduce you to Giselle Ugarte, like party. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. And Giselle is an online performance coach. I want to say that she is one of the one of the people that you really need to be, I know the word influencers overused, but she truly is an influencer and a forefounder on so many platforms. And I feel lucky enough to have been um, introduced to her by Courtney Claghorn, who's also been on the podcast, who's the founder of Sugared and Bronzed. And Giselle, actually what I love about her is that she's very decisive and super definitive about the way that she um, approaches things and looks at things and gives really specific guidance, at least from what I can tell when in my following of you and and all my research. Um, But I know in our conversations, I feel the same way. So um, she also is the founder of Action Forward. So what I would love is for you to take people through a little bit of How did you basically get to be this entrepreneur, this influencer, this person that basically, you know, knows so much about so many different platforms and helps guide people every day? That's amazing. Thank you. Um, A big undertaking, that's for sure. Well, you know, the name of my business now, Action Forward, that name was actually formed at a conference where I was becoming certified as a coach. And it was ultimately as we're training and figuring out how best to push our clients forward, one of the questions that continuously came up with 
if you ever get stuck with the client or if, if the session isn't moving forward, ask the question, what is one action forward thing that you can do next? You know, not what's the next thing you can do or the next action you can take, but what's action forward? And that really spoke to me because I thought about so many instances where as an entrepreneur, or even before that being someone who is self-employed or, or just climbing up the endless ladder of whichever goal I was working towards, it's very easy, especially if you're an achiever, especially if you consider yourself to be a high performer, to trick yourself into thinking that you're being productive when really you're just hiding and being busy. And Absolutely. when it comes to social media, for example, you know, you hear the phrase content, 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 and post all the time and post every day and be everywhere. But there are so many instances where we have these repetitive motions that we do every single day and all the time. But when we look down, we have not moved. Mm -hmm. And rather than thinking that we're running and pushing forward and improving and getting better, we're on this hamster wheel that we created ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so that's where I really wanted to make sure that with my coaching, with my advice, you know, with my speaking, and even just in the ways that I'm managing my time every single day, you know, that, that I'm actually pushing myself, people around me, my business forward. You know, how many meetings do we have where we're like, what did we get done? What like, what do we do? What did exactly. we accomplish from that? Like that, that 30 minutes could have been a 30 second email. Absolutely. Or even, even sometimes in the repetitive nature of things that are supposedly good for us whether it's meditation or exercise or, you know, like, are we actually doing that to push us forward or right. are we just sucked into a routine doing it? Cause we think it's the thing that, that we're supposed to be doing. Absolutely. So we engaged in it. I mean, because yes. a lot of times, like you're saying, you create a habit, but if the habit's not serving you, why are we doing it? How are we? Exactly. Sure? Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Exactly. And, and all of that is to say that, that part of where I started to move forward as an entrepreneur was realizing, for example, that I was putting work ahead of everything, which especially in America, that is technically an honorable thing. You could argue back and forth for if that's a woman's place to do that, but, um, but right. <laughs> but, you know, I very much would use the excuse of work to, not get close to people or to avoid situations or to not spend time with family or to not go to weddings or parties because I thought that work was the single most important thing for me to do. Um, I didn't realize that I was actually hiding behind my work mm -hmm. and that that was actually keeping me from doing anything of success because I wasn't understanding the person behind it or the why behind it or the motive behind it or the end goal. And, um, and so that's really where it starts is not even necessarily deciding what you want to do, but who do you really want to be? Yes, like, who do you, how do you want to show up for people? What do you want people to say about you? Like, what makes your soul happy? What's something that you get to do versus that you have to do? And, um, and, and, and that was how things started to change. So, you know, I know that with your podcast, it's, you mentioned that it's part conversation, part coaching. Mm -hmm. I would challenge for anyone listening, pull out a piece of paper. Um, and, and a big question that changed everything for me, even just in the last year, but even in the last five, what if you didn't have to work so hard? Mm, absolutely. What if you yeah. didn't have to work so hard? Like really think about that. 
whether it is letting someone in, getting help, getting coaching, or dropping some things off that maybe it's not that you wanted it, but somebody else wanted it for you and you felt obligated to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, another thing that, that shifted things for me, are you a career woman or a woman with a career? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And which, which one of those do you want to be? I thought I wanted to be a career woman for a very long time, but then I realized I had no personal life um, and was keeping any, any concept of a healthy partner out mm-hmm. for whatever reason, because well, even though I, mm-hmm, even though I felt confident and worthy and kick-ass at what I did, I was definitely missing that feeling in my personal relationships um, and, and definitely wanted, tricked myself into thinking that I didn't want a family also, when really it was that I didn't think I would ever get it or I was starting to like lower my standards for what that would look like and thought I would be just as you know happy doing it by myself. Um, and, and, and those questions and, and even just saying like, who are you and who, who do you wanna be? Like physically looking at myself in the mirror, not for what my hair looks like or my skin looks like or my outfit or my tummy or the number on the scale, but like, who are you and who do you want to be? And realizing like, holy shit, I've never asked myself that question before. And I've never even looked at myself in the eyes before without critiquing everything of what I appear. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, that that really changes things and, and shifts things and might make you walk around a little taller or force you to like shut the door and look at everything well I love I love well first and foremost I want to um totally acknowledge you because uh you know we we are a few generations apart from one another and I think it's amazing you're so wise and I'm sure part of that was you becoming a coach and being more aware of asking yourselves those types of questions and how that, how it's serving you. Um, But I think the simple fact that you ask people to get a piece of paper and you ask them to write that question down is powerful because that creates space for reflection. And how amazing is it that you're asking the question, how hard, or do you need to really be working that hard, right? Mm -hmm. Because I do believe that this is such a story in America about you need to work hard to be successful. And even in recent interviews I've had with different female entrepreneurs, some of which have said, and it's true, we all work very hard to establish whatever success and level of success that we want, right? But it's a very interesting question. Does it have to be hard to be successful? And I, I, you know, there's a, there's a fine balance there because I do think that right now we have way too many gimmicks of the get rich quick thing all over again. And, um, and there, there is so much wisdom in the concept of the four hour work week. I'm putting my, my fingers in quotation marks. If you're listening to this and not watching me do it. Um, And, and there's, there's definitely something too, like not having to work so hard and giving yourself the opportunity to live in the success that you want years from now, right now. But, but I do think that there's, there's somewhere in the middle where you do need to have hard conversations, have uncomfortable conversations, 
you do need to challenge yourself and push yourself mentally and physically um, in, in so many different respects. But do you need to do it at the cost of your relationships, your own self-respect, your own mental health, your own physical wellness? No. Um, I, I also think, and, and I saw this recently where someone said, you know, the 40-hour the work week was designed to have it be that you have two people and one is working and one is taking care of the home. Mm -hmm. And now, regardless of gender, and especially as we're waiting to, you know, create the family later, like you're trying to do both and all at once and all the time. And so it's also figuring out like, all right, well, how can you make more of your time but also how can you delegate some of those hours that don't take your DNA to potentially hand off to somebody else, whether it is ordering your groceries online or having someone help you clean your house. And yes, I understand that a lot of this has to do with privilege, but it's also, you know, there are many people who have the means to do this who aren't and who are driving themselves mad and insane and they can't figure out how to do it. Well, it becomes um, or like they, it's yeah. almost like they want to be the hero by proving that they can do it all. And I, I, I fully agree with you that it, and particularly with women, and that's our, a lot of our audience, is really uh, how do we receive help? And, right. and at what cost are we willing to give so much of ourselves away that we lose ourselves, right? Right. So I think you hit on a really good point of, of asking for that help. Right. And, and acknowledging, you know, I felt so spoiled even thinking about having someone pick up my clothes or like put my laundry away. Like one of the things that I hate more than anything, I'll put the clothes in the laundry, but like, I hate unpacking. I hate, like, I just, I just can't, for whatever reason, I can't do it. And I would, you know, I would explain this to home, right. <laughs> when you really want to be on your trip. Right. And I would explain this to like friends or even my mom, like, oh, like you want someone to pick up your clothes. That just sounds so like you can't, I'm like, I don't like, I just, I don't want, I don't want to do that. Like I would rather have somebody else do that for me. And if that is their job description, that that's what they do. Yes. I'm going to pay them to do that because I don't want to do it. Otherwise what ends up happening is I have this pile of laundry and dirty clothes and the hamper is full like just you know exploding out of my laundry room or I have the suitcase that's just sitting in my hallway for days forever and then it turns into you know more mess and more mess and so yes if I can have somebody help me with that give me back hours of my time or my day and if somebody does that for a living yes I'm going to support their small business Absolutely. and whatever mind block that I have to do that um, to help in that, regardless of whatever you think of me, you're not paying for it. It's coming from my wallet. So yes, I, I am going to do that for you. It might be taking your kids to school, or it might be cooking meals on weekends, or potentially rather than you going and cooking the meal from scratch, you have a food delivery service, or maybe you get the pre-chopped vegetables or like what, so what, whatever it is. Things. There's so many ways to be more efficient with where we use our time. And I, I agree with you and, and their choices. And I think, again, you're actually bringing up a good point, judgment. 
So judgment is not always a bad thing, right? They're observations. We don't have to misuse the judgment, right? But I think, why do women feel the necessity to actually look at another woman and judge their choices? If it's working for you, I'm good with it. Exactly, exactly. And, and even, you know, even from the way that we look at social media, Mm -hmm. you know, thinking that if everything looks beautiful, oh, it's so fake. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, she's lying. Oh, I bet her marriage is so miserable. Oh, I bet her kids hate her. Why are you, why are you formulating those opinions based off of one picture, Mm -hmm. like one picture? Maybe, maybe her house actually is that organized all of the time. And maybe she hired someone to help her or maybe it's not, but either way, it has nothing to do with you and it's none of your business. And when we get so quick, even to formulate those opinions of, I bet it's fake. I bet she's lying. Oh, I know the truth. It's a picture. Mm -hmm. It is a picture. Just like, even if someone was to walk into a party or a restaurant and she is you know, her makeup is perfect and she's smiling and she's composed. Like, is she fake? You've no idea what's going on on the other side of that moment. That's just who she's showing up as in that day. Maybe she really is that happy. Maybe she's happier than she appears. Maybe she's in survival mode and that's how she copes. But like, it's none of your fucking business. (laughs) Absolutely. Amen. How are you to that? (laughs) let yourself live let her live like the the and what's funny is when we're so quick to judge like fill in her name with your own maybe she's not that happy maybe I'm not that happy well they say we are a reflection of each other right and so which case what is it about that person that you see inside yourself it's not always easy to acknowledge that but it's usually there's something there absolutely And so, you know, the, the more that we forgive ourselves, the more we're more forgiving of other people, the more we give our permission, you know, ourselves permission to, to show up as ourselves. We're doing the same thing for other people. Like it's all rooted from the self-loathing and love. Like I, like, oh my God, I I thought I was going to get business advice. Are we getting woo woo here? Like we are because you know, work is an extension of who you are in 2021. Yeah. And, and the more comfortable you are, like the, the easier it's going to be to be able to let go of, of things, delegate certain things, follow what you actually want to do versus what everybody else expects for you to do. Um, and it's all intertwined in some form or another. Yeah. I love that you're saying that because, you know, um, it, it, we're not getting woo-woo. We're actually being vulnerable. We're actually talking about, this is real talk right? Mm-hmm. And this is what everybody's thinking about. And it's and like you said, it is all intertwined with entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. And the difference between being in corporate America and entrepreneurship, it is, everything is all out there. But it's funny, like even friends of mine that are at Disney, everything is so much more vulnerable than it ever used to be. Because yep. we are working from home. People are seeing, mm-hmm. they're airing everything. You don't yep. have a choice to like hide behind something like you were saying earlier. So my question for you is you kind of brought up a really good point about social media. And, you know, my, my thought for you is, you know, a lot of times people do follow this like path. Oh, this person's doing this. So now I'm going to start doing it. Um, 
so when a client comes to you and they say, hey, Giselle, I, I'm just getting started. I need to understand like how I'm going to basically start to start my theme and how I start to become recognized for my brand. Like, what are the things that you usually do to help them through that? Well, a, a few different things. Um, when, if you're just, just, just getting started, then, then the best thing that you can do is at the very least have a profile picture and a profile name that lines up with who you are, not what you are. So don't put your logo, put your face in your profile picture. We want to see your face. That's who's leaving comments. That's who people are doing business with. Unless your business is legitimately bigger than who you are and the face of your business is a product or a cookie um, or a dog then you know you can leave with something else but if it is your face and if you are forward facing in your business have it be your face your profile name ideally is going to be your first and last name or making it as easy as possible for people to find you um, and that's what comes after the little at symbol and then the the display name is what comes up usually at the top of your profile and so sometimes you can get fancy with it depending upon how long your name is where maybe you have your name and then potentially what it is that you do so that people can find you in another way where if they're searching for say a gynecologist in Philadelphia, you could have like Philadelphia gynecologist or, you know, life coach in San Antonio, whatever that looks like. But then you also want to get really crystal clear about, well, what am I, what am I here for? And by that, I don't mean what am I here on this earth for? Like you can spend some time doing that or take a retreat, whatever. But if you're going to be on a certain platform, what is my objective with this platform? Am I using this to get more confident speaking? Am I using this because I want more clients? Am I using this because I want to recruit more people to my business? Any and all of those things are great, but you need to get really crystal clear about that because that's how you post with intention versus for validation. That's where you don't focus upon how many likes or views did this get? But how many people came into my DMs? How many people called me and said, I saw your Instagram profile? How many people actually used this to then click the link in my bio and they purchased my ebook or whatever you have out there? Because when, when people are asking, you know, what metrics should I be paying attention to? It's not likes or followers. It's what's happening in your bank account. You know, what's happening in your inbox? Where, where, where is the sales funnel here? Um, and I also think it's really important to understand that, you know, this whole idea of, well, personal and business being two separate entities, or I have to be professional. It's, you know, it's bullshit nowadays. Like you are an extension of your work. Your work is an extension of you. Well, we're and fine. so we're a whole, exactly 1000%. And so knowing like, yes, you can share pictures of your family. Yes, you can share pictures of your vacation. Yes, you can talk about the core values that are important to you because it all makes up what it is that you're ultimately doing. But like having a balance still of realizing, all right, well, we're going to post some stuff with family, but can I have the next post be about work? Or is there something about my family that I can tie into what I do? Or is the importance of my family actually showing more of who I am? If, for example, you turn your phone on do not disturb from three to five o'clock in the afternoon because you're doing carpool pickup, that's so important because not only is it showing that you put your family first, but it's creating boundaries and expectations for people who might want to work with you. So sharing those types of, of values and instances 
and boundaries is also giving other people permission to do the same, but also again, just creating realistic expectations and, um, and painting the picture of what it's like to actually work with you. So understanding that as a foundation is definitely a great place to start. A better decision on whether or not they want to work with you based upon like your values, right? Yes, absolutely. I think that that happens a lot is that, you know, cause I remember um, in the beginning when I was building my feed as well, that um, people were concerned about me being public and me putting pictures of my children out there or different things like that. But you realize that people buy into you, maybe they're buying into me because I am a mother of three kids and that, that makes, that makes them relate to me or that I am goofy, you know, but I could also be really serious, but they think that's funny. Right. So I think that Mm -hmm. those are uh, really very, very succinct and super on point about um, how somebody were to like manage their feed and think about it. And when it comes to your first few posts, like, just let me know, who are you? Who do you serve? What's it like to work with you? And how do we get in touch? Like, if you can at least answer those four questions, where if anybody was to come creep on your profile at any given point in time, can I get a really good idea of those things, awesome. Then you don't even have to post every single day. If someone's searching for you and they can very easily tell that in the first few seconds, then that's going to be able to work for you while you sleep and um, and help you to sell without you actively having to be present to do it. So tell me uh, what doesn't work? Well, like what have you seen that is ineffective and in addition, like, you know, maybe people like when you use the word creep, cause there's quite a few people, I call them voyeurs. Um, and even likers to me are, are voyeurs because they, they're not actually, I think a lot of people don't realize they're not necessarily helping your feed by just liking it. It'd be nice if they engaged. So, um, and I think maybe for people who are not that social media verse, they, they feel like, oh, well, I don't want to have to comment because then that way I'm like exposing that I actually like have been following them, you know, um, but tell me about what's not working. What's not working is you not showing your face. Um, you know, I have plenty of realtor clients who, for example, their whole feed is just houses and houses and houses or price tags and price tags and price tags. You know, if I wanted to look at houses, I could go to Zillow or I could go to Google. Um, and, and I want to know what it's like to actually work with you. And I need to be able to see myself in you. Um, another thing is when your profile is all about me, 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 and using a lot of I language, you know, I did this today. I did that today. What do you want to see from me? And rather than thinking of it like a monologue, um, really think of it like an actual conversation your captions and your videos and your language should truly be as if you're having a conversation with someone um, versus you thinking that it's just the, you know, Susan show or, or whatever it is. People need to see themselves in you when you're telling. And, and, and that's the thing too. You can tell a story about yourself, but that story needs to be that person is seeing themselves in you, they're relating to you in some way, or they're, they're aspiring to be you in some way. So there's that. The other thing is um, what I like to call the pump and dump, which is you put up a post and then you are not present at all, whether you're doing it on a scheduler or you're simply just sharing. You need to be involved in some way with your community. You need to be there to, um, to reply back to comments 
to comment on other people's profiles. You commenting is you putting, you know, quarters in the meter to, to keep that time going. So for you to think that, um, that you can just purely dump, 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 and that's it, especially if you are a solopreneur, um, you know, you're self-employed, the business is you, then we need to have you in your DMs, in your comments. You don't have to reply back to every single comment that somebody leaves you, but at least have some sort of engagement or system to prove that you actually care about community and, and not just yourself. Those are probably the three biggest mistakes that I see. Um, and then also the posting just to post. You know, you can, you can post fun and, and random little you know, things, but at least have some intention behind it. Am I posting this because it's showing my personality? Am I posting this because it shows some of who I, who I am? Or am I posting this because I think this is just what I'm supposed to do? Or I'm filling the time? Or I'm trying to post every single day, so I'm just posting today because I, I think I should. Um, and and that, that can get you in trouble. Yeah, like always trying to provide value, right? And um, I think for a long time, you know, I think sometimes people don't realize, especially if they're not coming from the marketing world, that it is truly a media plan. This, yes, it is a overglorified scrapbook. However, it's your media plan. You know, what are you putting out and how does this tie into your total marketing mix, right? Um, and I, one thing that you mentioned that I think is really important is that it's the relationship is not one-sided. And for example, if you didn't trust me, if you went to my feed and you were like, mm, no, or like you wrote me and I didn't write you back, or we didn't have some sort of exchange or dialogue that made you feel comfortable with me, you wouldn't have accepted this interview. Right, exactly. It, it needs to be a two-way, two-way, two-way conversation. And so when you're posting, even thinking about who is that person on the other side of the screen? And, you know, that that's where it just needs to be um, understood beyond just yourself. Absolutely. And, and I think you mentioned the word uh, building community, because I think a lot of people, they wouldn't say that's one of their top values, right? It comes more naturally to some of us. I, I think you're a natural community builder like me. And, but other people, they don't always think of it that they're building their online community on this platform. And that's truly what it is. And it's not just, it's not just a platform, you know, it's not just an app, you know? It's, and that's also where we get ourselves into trouble is thinking that social media is like a totally different species or a totally different beast. It's just one more platform to meet people. Like, just think about it that way. Think about it like a party or a networking event or a wedding or one of those places where you go somewhere and you don't know anybody, you know, just think of it like a, a human situation you're not just going to go in and explode somewhere and start talking about yourself to a group of people who you've never met before. Like, no, you're going to, you're going to walk in, you're going to take a look around, find out where the bathroom is, find out where the, the bar is. Um, and you're going to, you know, listen, figure out where your people are, who your people are, and, and then, you know, step in that way and, and start to converse and get dialogue and ask questions and, 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 you know, think about it in that way. This is just one place to have a social situation with people who you otherwise perhaps never would have met in real life and could potentially get even closer to than some of the people who you do interact with on a regular basis. 
Yeah, which brings up a really good point to me is that um, I was privy to sit down in some of the clubhouses that you um, you were moderating and also hear you participate in some of the clubhouses. Uh, first and foremost, if you can take a moment to like educate our audience around what is Clubhouse. And in addition, I know we talked about how the name is changing, but in addition, you know, how did you get buy-in in a new community? How did you suddenly be immersed because like they're you're you're immersed in so many different platforms and considered a specialist so if you could talk about that that would be great clubhouse is uh it's described as a drop-in audio only app and so you open it up and just like other social media apps you have a feed but the feed instead of it being posts it is live ongoing conversations and you can see the topic of the conversation and then whoever you follow who is immersed inside the conversation, either as a speaker or as a listener. And so it's important that you follow a bunch of people because that's what's gonna create your, your feed recommendations and experiences. Once you click on the conversation, you automatically step in as a listener, just kind of like if you were going to a conference and if you were to figure out which breakout sessions or workshops that you wanted to listen in on. Well, you can also raise your hand, just like you would in a very human experience. And from there, you can potentially ask questions or contribute to the conversation, depending upon what the guidelines of that room are. So when it comes to Clubhouse, the way that I was able to immerse myself and move up so quickly, um, a couple of different things. One, you know, with Clubhouse initially, it was an invitation only app. It's not anymore. And so in that sense, I knew a few people who were on the app and active. And so in that sense, they were able to invite me into conversations or I'd raise my hand and they would automatically let me up because they knew who I was. But the, the biggest way, which might be surprising to some people that I was able to grow in quickly was I would immerse myself into conversations with thought leaders who I admired and people who had no idea that I existed. And I would raise my hand and ask a legitimate question that I had. A lot of people think that when you get up and you raise your hand in these different platforms that you need to give your whole life story and you need to brag about yourself and you need to pitch yourself um, and contribute to the conversation. In actuality, if you ask a really good question, what ends up happening is they might want to know more context about the question. Exactly. They might want to know more about you. And then as they learn more about you, again, where you're not being self-serving and trying to promote yourself, then they might actually be more impressed with how you carry yourself how you answer the question and your genuine curiosity and understanding that you don't know everything and that you're willing to learn and that you're hungry to learn more. And that is actually how I ended up gaining a lot of credibility on the app was just, you know, there would sometimes be conversations where they might recognize me in the room because they recognize me from Instagram or from TikTok and they're inviting me up because they want me to speak or give some sort of knowledge or whatever. But I was going in and raising my hand because I actually had a question. I wanted to know somebody else's perspective on something. I wanted to know how somebody else was handling a certain situation or the state of the world. And that, um, that ends up doing a lot more good than harm. You might think, what, well, what's the point of that? No, like that, when you go into a situation with humility and when you go into it with respect and appreciation, especially knowing um, what it's like to host a room, that can end up taking you a lot further and lead to more meaningful conversation when you're leading with value, not in the way with you presenting to the room, but you making the room better because of the question that you asked. And, and so what that led to is a, a really quick following on Clubhouse. 
it ended up being one of the biggest lead generators for my business on the platform. Um, and I don't go on it as much as I used to, and certainly not as much just in general anymore, but it's introduced me to some of my, my best friends, mentors, um, and, and awesome, awesome people who, whether I'm on the platform or not, we're doing real life things. Absolutely. And that's the important lesson of social media is getting your relationship to get offline as quickly as possible, mm -hmm. sending that email, getting that phone call, scheduling that coach, buying that program so that you can start implementing rather than just listening passively. Um, and then last but not least, I just love, um, any, any social media that allows for me to create content without having to put pants or makeup on. I'm all about it. So that's I another reason why I love it. <laughs> I love that. But I have to say, you know, the interesting thing is, is that, um, with clubhouse is that for those people who don't know, cause there's actually a significant number of people who don't really know. And then there are people that ac accepted, but never really participated on it. What I would say is it's some of the most influential people. I mean, I think that was what was so cool. Like you're explaining, just like we used to go to these conferences, right? When we gathered in large groups, but you wouldn't necessarily have the access to get your question answered. So what you're describing with having curiosity and embracing your fear, but also embracing your desire to learn more and that that gain was so much more then you yes. actually having the fear of asking a question, by the way, nobody's seeing you, like you said, it's right. just an audio. So who cares? Um, yep. But I mean, I think that it's, it's amazing. It's a testament to who you are and your desire to continue to grow. And without a filter, that's the other thing too, that the beautiful thing about live conversation and any content where you can be as real as possible, whether it is audio or video, doing it and without a filter to truly show that you know your stuff and um and just even you know you get closer to somebody when you hear their voice mm -hmm. you get closer to someone when you feel like you've met in real life you know you know that you're doing it right when someone goes i feel like i already know you mm -hmm. and the closer you can get to that and as quick as you can get to that as possible is going to help for you to generate business from these different platforms that are available to us and faster mm, i love that i love that guidance um cuz that's an art that's a lifelong art. And then you're lucky enough that it, it comes to you so naturally. And, um, but it is a lifelong art for people to understand the art of true connection. And don't be fooled. It's not, it's definitely not natural. You know, it's the fact that I've been doing this for 10 plus years, you know, um, creating videos on YouTube accidentally 10 plus years ago, having a career in entertainment news in Hollywood for five plus years where I was telling everyone else's stories. And I thought that I had to be so skinny and so tan and so perfect and say every single word without a single, um, or, uh, and, and really the, the biggest thing is it's, it's not even like a learned art. It's a series of unlearning because we have to get out of our heads. You know, I say that for me to get up on a stage where I am hair and makeup ready, that's the easy part. The hard part is getting up and sharing where I've fucked up, where I've made mistakes, um, being able to get somewhere where my hair isn't perfect or I didn't do it that day or not wearing makeup. Um, you know, that's, that's what ended like up of us today. taking the work. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I didn't, I didn't do my hair, but I don't, I at like, this point, I don't care anymore. <laughs> you know, I, um, part of, you know, I, I joked at the beginning of the conversation that I still haven't learned how to dress myself from so many years in dance. What's funny is um, I usually wear, so you can't, if you can't see me, I usually wear like a jumpsuit or like an, uh, uh, like a sports suit or 
sneakers when I speak in, you know, in large conferences, regardless of who you are. I don't care if everybody's in a suit. I'm going to wear what's comfortable for me. Um, and sometimes that's heels and, and, and sometimes it's a dress, but most of the time it's sneakers and a jumpsuit. And part of why I started doing that is because years back, I went to a conference and I was so excited to see this man speak. He was probably getting paid, I would guess, six figures to be there. And I got a glimpse backstage and this man, um, they had lost his bag at the airport and he didn't have his suit. He didn't have his computer. And this grown man is practically in tears, just like red in the face of, I can't go on. I can't go on. Like, you need to push me. I need to go tomorrow. Like, I, I you can't, please don't make me go. I don't want to do this. And I'm like, here's this person who everyone is so excited to see who is teaching just, you know, confidence and badassery and leadership and whatever. And you can't go on stage because you don't have a suit. Mm. Like, Show what? You. Like that doesn't make that for me, like, I don't want to say that in my eyes, I saw him as a fraud, but like just so much of what he taught and, and seeing that other side, cause I don't know what was actually going on in his life. But, but, but what I took from that was, you know, I had put so much of my worth in, you know, needing to wear the dress and the Louboutins and the Spanx and, and just, you know, and the lashes and all of that. And I'm like, wow, like, that's not, that's, that goes against everything that I teach and coach. And like, you know, to, to see this man crumble because he didn't have the outfit, like he couldn't deliver because he didn't have his slides. It was like his persona. That was what he needed to present, right? Exactly. And, and, and what you're saying is, is we should be able to show up as we are, no matter what, mm-hmm. because we're so aligned with ourselves. Yeah. Yes. That's yes. Amazing. Especially and, if you're tired, especially if your kids are screaming in the background, especially if your dog, you know, all of that, just embracing it, um, because that's how we connect to each other. Absolutely. You know, I wish he would have gone on stage in his t-shirt, his sweaty shorts, whatever, like everyone's been in that situation. You lose your bag. Like it's the worst. It, it actually um, can be part of your presentation. Right. You just bring it as we know, you just bring it into the environment. Right. And it just becomes part of it. Right. So um, I, I can speak with you forever, but I have a few questions for you. Um, my first question is around your value set. So I, I love to speak on values. It's one of, I have a game that I have that um, I play with people, but beyond that, I, I want to know for you, like what, where do you make choice from every day? What drives you? It honestly depends on the day, you know, at times it's my younger self, um, and, and wanting to, you know, really pay it. Excuse me. You mean 15 years old? Yeah. Sometimes it's my 15 year old self. Sometimes it's my 21 year old self who is in a verbally abusive relationship. Mm. Um, you know, sometimes it's even my 25 year old self or even my last year self. Um, and, and just thinking about, you know, all of the different things that I've gone through to get to where I am, um, or all of the places where I still want to go and believe that I'm worthy of, um, in some cases it is, you know, thinking about my dad, who's my, my, you know, my biggest fan in the world and my, my best friend where for so long, um, I thought that in order to be a leader for women, that I needed to only cater to women. And for a long time, that was my primary demographic. Now my primary demographic is slightly more men than women. 
Um, and to me, I, you know, the way that I hope to leave a lasting legacy for women, it's not just by working directly with women, it's actually with working, uh, working with the people who have the potential to be their dads um, and, and helping for them to see women in a different way and in a different light. Um, and, and, you know, there's definitely that piece of being a visible person of color in a way that people either expect or don't expect a person of color to be. For part of the year, I am the lightest shade of olive. And for part of the year, I'm a medium shade of brown. And yeah, that's sometimes my hair is, yeah. When people <laughs> tend to like see that I'm Hispanic, they're like, oh, well, you tan really well. I'm like, well, I, I you know, not yeah. just, my husband thought I was married when he met me. I was like, yeah. 24, no. And you're, bl- and you're, and you're blonde and, and people I'm sure are so surprised by that. And I'm like, you know, we don't all look the same. I don't know if you're aware or, or sound the same or speak the same type of Spanish or any Spanish at all. And so, you know, recognizing that, you know, the, the modern form of Latina looks different in 2021. Um, that's, that's definitely part of it, but, um, and I love you know, that you're Latina and that you're making headway and that you're a voice out there for Latina women. Honestly, like it's amazing to see. And I, I just, I advocate for more Latina women to be as present as you are out there. Thank you. Thank you. No, like you speak on hard topics sometimes, you know? Yeah. And it's that it's, and ultimately, you know, you said what, what keeps you going. I think there's also just this, this pull on my heart that I have. And I don't always understand it. And sometimes it comes in the form of if, you know, even on Saturday, I was in San Diego and a minute before I got on stage, I changed the introductory story that I wanted to share because I felt like somebody needed to hear something else. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just that pull on my heart, like there's something bigger than me. Um, and, and that I follow that as much as I possibly can to figure out where it's taking me and where I need to go. Well, I, I feel like you have a big serving component of you. It's just part of who you are. And um, it's like, uh, you were born with it probably. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I so, um, I, thank you, you're welcome. So um, anyways, I, I did wanna, I want you to leave people with where they can reach you, uh, any particular services that you have that you, I mean, are working on and, um, and just, you know, I'm super grateful for the time that you've shared and all the nuggets, a lot of wisdom. So very amazing, but go ahead and give us your thank, data. Thank you for having me. This was, this was a really, really awesome conversation. And I'm, I'm so grateful for constant reminders of, of people in my life and why I do what I do. And my DMs are always open. So I'm sure there will be a description attached to this podcast. You can find the complicated spelling of Giselle Ugardi, <laughs> um, Giselle Ugarte, you know, in the description and you, and you can find me on, on Instagram or, or LinkedIn are primarily where I check the most. Um, I, I do constantly have different programming in existence to help you to accelerate your content and your growth and get more confident on camera. And so if you send me a DM, I can send you more information about that. Or if you even just DM me um, your receipts, as I like to say, and receipts isn't, you know, you buying my products or you downloading my products. It's, you know, you listen to this awesome conversation where Michelle gave her time for free. I gave my time for free. And we gave you some very practical exercises. 
you know, if you wrote something down, take a picture of it, send it to me. Or if you applied something, whether it was hiring somebody or you ordered your groceries, like take a screenshot, send it to me, show the actual implementation versus you just taking the time to listen to this or jot a bunch of notes down. Like the best way that you can say thank you to me is by showing what that implementation looks like. Um, and yeah, and that's great, how I know great, it was worth it. Great guidance. I think you're the only person thus far who has mentioned that. That is really great guidance. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, and thank you so much for having me and, and being so flexible. And I'm glad we finally found the time to do it. Yeah. Well, we're we we were destined to meet, and the you know the world brought us together. And I know that we are only meant to do more amazing things together. And I am sure to share your voice um, and all the amazing things that you're doing with the rest of the world. So, Likewise. cheers being um, being new friends. So thank you, thank you. All right, cheers all to right. you and fight on. Cheers, fight on, girl. <laughs> That's right. Let's go to USC game. We can't drink yes. anymore there, but that's okay. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Opportunity Knocks podcast by Empower Purpose and me, Michelle valenzuela Wolf. If opportunity is knocking at your door, feel free to take inspiration from the journeys of our diverse female entrepreneurs. Their tips and transparency are all available on the Opportunity Knocks podcast. Thank you for your support and subscribe now.